This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Rough greens. Um, I started feeding Uno rough greens, I don't know, a year ago, year and a half ago, and I'm telling you, it has made a total difference in him. I would not be hawking, you know, dog supplements uh, if it didn't make a difference in Uno. Um, and I've heard a lot of people that take this, it freshens their breath or whatever. I don't know exactly what this does. I know it's not a dog food. It's stuff you put on the dog's food that's chock full of all the things that they really need. Same thing your body needs. Um, and it has changed Uno. He has become healthier, happier, more active. And unlike humans, dogs seem to like the healthy stuff. You notice that? Like humans, uh, you put like, hey, this is healthy greens. You're like, oh, gosh. Uh, I, I, but dogs like it I, for some reason. I pray for a dog I could ever get. I'd pay a billion bucks for a dog that would eat vegetables so I could just throw them down on the floor, <laughs> scoop them off my plate. They they sniff them and they're like me. They sniff them, they look at them and they're like, I ain't eating that crap. Uh, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-GLEN-33. Call them now. I'm not sure if I should bring our next guest on. Um, not only is he using Facebook to build a business empire, according to NPR, and a dangerous one, according to NPR, I found something else out about Ben Shapiro, and I just looked at Stu and I said, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with the information other than Ben's been a friend of mine for a long time, so I think I have to just bring it up, you know, uh, on the air? Do, do you want to talk to him off the air about it? If it's true, it changes everything. And so he can, you know, he, I'm sure he can bat this one out of okay. the. Ben Shapiro joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Wow, and it is. Isn't that a weird coincidence every day? LifeLock is, um, is there to protect you online. And man, I got to tell you, there's so many things to worry about. It's like, oh, geez, really? This too? It's like we are under constant attack all the time. And when it comes to the Internet, that thing is an evil magic box, I'm telling you. And uh, the Internet, you know, these guys are not sitting around in their in their mom's basement. They're they're actually in uh, buildings most likely paid for by Putin or uh or the Chinese Communist Party, and they are coming after not only our big businesses, but us as well. And if they can, if they can tap in and get your identity and get your banking numbers and everything else, your whole life is gone. And then what? How do you even clean that up? 
this is where LifeLock is the best. Not only have they been in the business longer, I think, than anybody else. I think they invented this category. Um, but they also have with it not just a warning, not just a call. Hey, boy, you're screwed. We just found out somebody stole your identity. Good luck with that. They actually have a team that helps clean things up, and they work with you to make sure that your life is back in order. So I want you to call LifeLock now. 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% now. Mr. Ben Shapiro. Welcome. How are you doing? Well... I found something out, and I don't think this is true. You would have said something about it, uh, but I, I don't want to ambush you here. But uh, I've heard that you're Jewish. Is that true? Well, well I can't believe you can't believe everything you hear. <laughs> Look at how he's stumbling around this. I think he's Jewish. Holy cow, Ben. <laughs> It's out well, now. I mean, I mean, you might, yeah, you might as well live with uh, it. I, I just thought you always next wore. Year, next, you'll be telling people. Next, you'll be telling people that that I like and control a space laser and. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I don't know. I heard. I know. We, we don't talk about these things. We I don't talk about these things. I I swear to you, you told me that that little that little hat you wore was just too small. It was a cap that you had as a kid, and it was too small. And I believed it. It's. Okay. Well, Ben, we'll get. I tried to, I tried to keep it. Go- I tried to keep it going as long as I could, Glenn. <laughs> Gosh, you, you know, know what, Ben? It is what's going on now is is as insane as what I just said to you. It's just insane what the mainstream media is is now trying to portray. There now there was a great article. Congratulations on the article from NPR. Uh, a great article where they have they have deemed. That you are a great danger now because of what you're building over at the Daily Wire. Uh, and they point to you and to us and to Breitbart. Uh, and they say that you are affecting millions of people and they don't know that you're a conservative. They have no idea that the Daily Wire is really a conservative uh, outlet. How can they possibly say something like it's marked at the bottom of every single page of every article? How can they possibly say that? It's insanity. I mean, it is crazy, but it's perfectly predictable because right now when you watch Joe Biden and The New York Times and the entire media and Democratic infrastructure combine to basically say that social media is the problem and needs to be reined in. And the social media needs to, quote unquote, cut out misinformation. And by misinformation, they don't actually mean things that are wrong. They just mean stuff they don't like. Yes. It's not anything of a surprise. They've been doing this since 2016. So before 2016, I know everybody has a short memory. Before 2016, everybody in the media loved Facebook, right? Because Facebook yes. was the place where Barack Obama won the 2012 election. Mm-hmm. Facebook, was, he, had, he had figured out these brilliant strategies. Then Trump wins in 2016. And they've got to find some rationale for why Hillary Clinton, the worst candidate in American history, lost. And it can't be that she's the worst candidate, because that would mean she was the worst candidate. It's got to be something else. And so what they come up with is, it's Facebook. Facebook allowed Russian dissemination of disinformation. Facebook allowed dissemination of disinformation via the Trump campaign and all this. Now, there was a a subtle shift that happened here where the critique went from Russian disinformation, which would be, you know, that actually has a a definition. That would be 
active foreign intervention in an American election via false propaganda to misinformation. Right? They shifted from disinformation, which could be targeted, to misinformation, mm-hmm. which now includes anything they don't like. Correct. So they will just scrub the Hunter Biden article because that is, quote unquote, misinformation, even though it's true. And in this NPR article, they rip Daily Wire, not because we report things that aren't true. They admit in the article that we don't report things that aren't true. They, they quote, a quote some sort of, quote unquote, expert professor mm-hmm. at, a, at an Ivy League university saying that any true fact, quote unquote, stripped of context can become misinformation, which is to say that if you're conservative and you give context for information in a way that, that leftists don't like, this now constitutes misinformation. And that's what this entire campaign is about. There's this extraordinarily perverse thing that has happened with regard to how we consume information in the United States. It used to be that you would bookmark a place like Daily Wire or The Blaze and you'd go directly there. And then because social media is so convenient, people get Daily Wire or The Blaze or Breitbart from their newsfeed on Facebook. And the left noticed that all of the dissemination of information was now centralized in one place. And then they said, okay, well, what if we just now bottleneck that? What if we just strangle the, in the crib, all of these conservative organizations by telling the disseminator of information to just cut off the faucet. And that's what NPR is doing right now. They're trying to reestablish an, a, an establishment media monopoly with the help of the Democratic Party. And apparently your taxpayer dollars is NPR. They're trying to do all of that by basically pressuring Facebook into preventing anything they don't like from ever seeing the light of day. It would be bad if it was coming from the New York Times, but it's coming from NPR. That is an arm of the U.S. government. I mean, that is paid for by the U.S. government. Our tax dollars go to pay for NPR. Uh, And it is probably the closest we have to an actual state media outlet. Uh, And with everything that the White House has been saying about, you know, we're uh, we're flagging and, you know, we're we're hoping that that Facebook is going to stop these people who are who are killing people with their misinformation you they have said this about almost everything the latest is just covid you know everything that the right or that liberty lovers or constitutionalists have been talking about every time since 2008 they have been saying that that's going to get somebody killed they're there we're just fomenting a revolution or whatever it, this is the 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 open door to the end of the First Amendment, and I don't see anybody in uh, outside of conservative circles really talking about this and taking this seriously. This is really dangerous. Oh, it's super dangerous. And, and if it were Trump doing it, you know that this would be an oh assault on the press. You know, Trump said, said oh, a yeah. mean thing about someone from the press, and it was like, wow, the First Amendment under attack. Now you have the White House deliberately saying that social media should shut down things the White House doesn't like. And the entire press is sucking its thumb in the corner or cheering it on. I mean, there's an article from Kara Swisher, who's just terrible in The New York Times. And she's been basically every article she writes is about why Facebook should do what she wants Facebook to do. Uh, And she had an article about Biden's comments the other day where he said that Facebook was killing people, which, again, is absurd. First of all, it assumes that human beings don't have agency Uh and can't actually do risk assessment for themselves and take a look at the facts themselves. Number two, it assumes that Facebook is purposefully disseminating false information about COVID, which is just a lie. It assumes that they are, in fact, a publisher, not a platform, which is kind of hilarious since the entire leftist support for Facebook is rooted yep. in Section 230, which suggests they're a platform, not a, not, a, not a publisher. So she writes in this piece, backing Joe Biden, saying that Facebook is killing people, quote, attempting to stop falsehoods by claiming to offer good information is like using a single sandbag to hold back an impossibly fetid ocean. It's like that when it comes 
to a range of once anodyne, now divisive issues, from election integrity to critical race theory to whatever, keeping this country in a constant state of twitchy confusion. So now she's, I mean, she's giving away the ball game there, right? The idea here is not that the Democrats care about cutting down on quote-unquote COVID misinformation. If they wanted to cut down on COVID misinformation, perhaps they should stop Dr. Fauci from talking. He's now reversed himself on every major position he ever Mm -hmm. held, from masking to the efficacy of vaccines without masks to school reopening. But put that aside, she's now broadened it out from COVID to everything. She literally says everything, right? That, That Facebook should police all the things because... Otherwise, people could tell lies about things like critical race theory. And by lies, she means the truth, because she's a believer in critical race theory, right. as most of the members of the left-wing New York Times editorial board are. So this is, it is the great danger to the country that the informational distribution mechanisms are now being leveraged into top-down control by Democrats. Now, listen, I don't think that the heads of Facebook, particularly Zuckerberg, have a congenital interest in doing this. But I also don't know that they have the, the stones to actually stand up to this effort for long periods of time, which is why I've called on people who listen to my show and people who read Daily Wire to subscribe to Daily Wire and subscribe to The Blaze and subscribe to Fox Nation or anywhere else they get their Likewise. conservative news because yep. pretty soon it's going to be the, the model for, for informational distribution is going to be completely revised by a, an authoritarian left. So the arrogance is usually uh, where people, they just, they, they overplay their hand. The left overplays their hand all the time. But I feel like they've overplayed their hand for 10 years now, and it doesn't seem to be an overplaying. How, how, do you see this changing at all, Ben? Are we, where are we on this timeline of, no. of losing freedom? So I, I think that uh, I really believe the future of the country and the only possibility that we stay together as a country is going to not be because of anything we, the conservatives, do, uh, or even anything the radical left does. It's going to be the people in the middle. Do yes. the people in the middle decide that they are going to stand up to this stuff, or do they just go with whoever is the loudest voice and just appease that, that loud voice? And that includes people who are sort of the moderate liberals. You remember there's that Harper's Weekly letter last year where 150 liberals yes. uh, wrote this piece about how cancel culture was bad. They had their obligatory kind of slaps at Trump, but, they, but then they did the, the cancel culture is bad routine. And the question for them is, are you just trying to keep the Overton window open for yourself, or are you willing to expand that to people who don't actually agree with you? Because if it's only the former, the country's not going to survive. If you say, listen, we, the liberal side, we may agree with leftists on a lot of their utopian goals, but we are not willing to shut down conversations, destroy individual rights, shut down the First Amendment in order to achieve those goals. So maybe we'll get to utopia later, but at least we won't have destroyed the country. If they do that, the country can survive. If they decide to move along with the left because the left has some of the same political priorities, then we will fall apart as a country because there is no way that the right is just going to sit still for this. And with everything that is going on, I mean, we're really disturbed, Ben. What does your research show on what's happening um with justice and the FBI, especially on this January 6th thing. I mean, FBI looks like it's possibly involved in it. Uh, You know, they were now involved with the Whitmer thing, and that's kind of going awry. I mean, we're in a really dangerous place. What, What are you feeling or hearing about what's happening legally with just January 6th? Well, obviously, the, the sort of resources that the government is devoting to prosecuting everybody from, from January 6th, uh, while I'm 
perfectly fine with people who violate the law going to jail. Me too. Uh, it, there is obviously a, a wide disparity between the resources devoted by the federal government to prosecuting people on January 6th and the complete willingness of pretty much everybody to just shrug and, and in fact, cheer rioters last year doing $5 billion in damage, $2 billion in insured damage to major cities around the country. I mean, that disparity is, is pretty obvious and wide. Uh, you know, as far as sort of the, the January 6th of it all, uh, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I haven't particularly followed the, the sort of theorizing about the FBI and its involvement with right. January 6th, because frankly, it seems like there's pretty good evidence a lot of these people wanted to go in and do something uh, stupid, petty, foolish, and criminal. Right. Um, but the, the bigger problem with January 6th is, is to me, not the quote-unquote FBI involvement. I, I think we already know that there are problems with the FBI from the entire Mueller investigation. The, the big problem to me with January 6th is the attempt by the left to use January 6th as the tool to silence everybody, right? It's, if you voted for Trump, you're in favor of January 6th, which means you're dangerous, which means that really we should be taking a second look at you. January 6th was such a, a breach of democracy that you must continue to give us unalloyed power at the federal level in order to stop things like January 6th from happening ever again. And the, the continual focus by the Democrats on January 6th, the blowing of it out, out of all proportion treating it as though it was the single worst thing to happen in modern American history, when in reality, if security does its job, January 6th never happens in the way that it happens, right? The, the big failure there is what the Senate Intelligence Committee said it was, which was a complete failure of all of the apparatuses of law enforcement to stop people from invading the Capitol in the first place. In reality, it was several hundred people who broke into a building. Yes, many of them intend on doing grave harm, and they should go to jail for that. Yeah. But the notion that it was like an insurrection about to overthrow the American government it's and insane. thus give us unalloyed power is insane. I mean, it was not about to overthrow the American government. The place was cleared within two hours. The Congress, led, by the way, by Mike Pence, the Trump's vice president, and Mitch McConnell in the Senate, led the certification of the election. So, like, at what point was American democracy truly in danger? That's why when you, see, when you, when you hear these stories about, um, when you hear these stories about top generals at the Pentagon saying things like, well, you know, it was the Reichstag fire, and this is all Hitler. It's like, read a book. Like, for goodness sake, read a book. Or you're just being dishonest. Can I take five minutes more of your time, Ben? I want to respect your time. Do you have to run or can I? uh, Oh, no, we're good. Yeah, okay. Give me one minute and we'll come back with Ben Shapiro. Sponsor this half hour is AMAC. Um, It's almost a rite of passage to join a benefits group when you climb up into your 50s. So have you done it yet? If so, who'd you choose? Um, I, I would like you, if you haven't chosen somebody, or if you have, change your mind, would you look at a second option? Take a look at the Association of Mature American Citizens, or AMAC. If you haven't joined one yet, let me tell you why you should go to AMAC. If you're looking for the benefits, you know, the life insurance, the travel discounts, all of that stuff, you're going to find you've joined a great group. And the other option here is you get the benefits and they are pushing back against the crazy left and the constant effort to legislate this country out of existence in Washington, D.C. Third thing is they're a source of uncensored information that you can trust, complete with newsletters, videos, podcasts, fresh website content, and a bi-monthly magazine. Over a quarter of a million AMAC members have already directly participated in AMAC's outreach campaigns to Congress. Uh, you know, some of these uh, some of these things for mature Americans, they are they are selling them uh, bound and tied to their foe. Uh, and it's it's not good. AMAC was started 
when we really kind of realized the other the other group was pushing for all of the Obamacare uh, uh, subsidies and everything else. And that wasn't in the best interest of people who really needed help. AMAC for the advocacy, the benefits and the information. More importantly, because America needs you and we need to hang together or we will most certainly hang separately. AMAC.us slash Beck. AMAC.us slash Beck. Go there now. 10 seconds. Station ID. Ben Shapiro, who I have tremendous uh, respect for, uh, you know, I met a I met a kid. Uh, he was probably gosh, 12 or 13, I think. Uh, met him backstage at uh, CPAC. And I I looked at him and I was talking to him and I said to him, you remind me of Ben Shapiro. Uh, he when he was when he was your age, uh, you know, you were when, when did you go to college? Like. Uh, I, I was 16, but if you said that to that kid, yeah, yeah I was 16. That, that, that kid had some real hard teenage years ahead of him. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 he does. He does. But uh, you've been a great, a great force. We have about a, a minute here, Ben, uh, two minutes. Tell me the thing that uh, you're most concerned about and the thing that we can actually make an impact on. So right now, the thing that I'm most concerned about is the woke, Wokeification of corporations, the, the use of business to cram down particular viewpoints on the rest of the American public inside your business place, threatening you with firing if you don't post the proper black square or the yeah, proper yeah. gay pride message like that kind of stuff. If that continues, then we are going to completely bifurcate as a country. And it is an area where we can successfully push back in the same way that a lot of people have pushed back in the educational sphere. All it really requires is for you to politically unionize with some of your friends, because it really is like a very core group of radical leftists who renormalize these institutions by taking advantage of people not wanting to cause controversy right. or have HR issues. And so if you can be loud and proud on the other side and outnumber those folks, then you really can get your institution to just go back to kind of weapons down, no politics in the workplace, which would be, I think, the best available outcome there. Any doubt in your mind that the, the giant corporations uh, are using the Great Reset uh, or headed that way, and they're using the Marxists as fuel, that they'll eat the Marxists when all is said and done. You know, I, I think that they think they'll eat the Marxists, but we'll find out. I mean, uh-huh. it, it'll, it'll be a pitch battle. I, I mean, a, a lot of the corporations thought, you know, that in the, in the early days of, of the Russian Revolution, that things would end up well for them. They didn't. A lot of the corporations thought in the early days of the Nazis that things would end up great for them. Not so much. So it, it turns out that when you get in bed with the government and with people who love government, uh, you shouldn't be surprised when you get screwed. Um, so they, yeah, I think a lot of these people think they're in control, but they are not, I think. Ben Shapiro, a great work at The Daily Wire. Give Jeremy and everybody uh, my best. Thank you for all of the years of service that you've done and what you're working on now uh, to keep us and the rest of the world free. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to Daily Wire. TheDailyWire.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Let me tell you a little bit about American financing. Eventually, economic growth is going to drive interest rates higher. It, It has to. It could happen as early as this fall, but we don't know. 
everything is upside down and inside out. It's insane. So I have no idea what they're going to do. I will tell you this. ESG scores uh, are coming and they are coming to you, which is going to mean that it is going to get harder and harder for you, your company to get business loans unless you fall into line. Please call American Financing today. Get this off of your your plate. Get get mortgage refied. Uh, get a debt consolidation loan. You can do these things without resetting your mortgage, and you'll save three hundred to a thousand bucks every single month. American Financing, they're on your side. They work for you. So call them now. American Financing, 800-906-2440. Just explain your situation. They'll tell you if they can help or not. Save a lot of money. AmericanFinancing.net. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. NPR doesn't want you to subscribe. I think you should. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I want to take you to the Trafalgar group. Trafalgar is a group that you're aware of, but you may not remember their name. Uh, They are the most accurate polling group out there Uh, for 2020. Most accurate national presidential polls. 2018, most accurate midterm polls. Uh, 2017, only pollster to correctly call uh, Georgia's sixth special election. 2016, most accurate presidential polls. Uh, 92.6% current five-year correct election call rating. Uh, right now, you know, the, the, uh, the poll companies are trying to figure out, what, what do we do wrong? How do we, what happened? How come we were so wrong? Uh, and they can't figure it out. Well, Trafalgar uh, just does things differently. And they, I think they're rooted in common sense, myself. Um, We have a new poll that has just been conducted and it has not been released yet. It will be released in its entirety uh, after this interview nationwide. Uh, But they have done a um, a a new poll on critical race theory. And we all know that critical race theory is a problem for some and liberals say it's not a problem. Um, so they didn't do a poll on that. They did a poll on, okay, if it is a problem, what do we do about it? And I wanted to bring in, uh, Robert Cahaley. He is the chief pollster of the Trafalgar group. Uh, welcome Robert. How are you? Just fine. It's an honor to be on your show again. Thank you. It's good to have you. So, um, Robert, tell me, tell me what you found in this poll that, teaches us something important and different? Well, it, it has more to do with the, um, the differences uh, of how people perceive of uh, critical race theory. And um, it, it, it definitely is um, the national perception of how it should be dealt with and, and who should deal with it. And, um, and everybody is taking the yeah. poll of whether or not critical race theory is a problem. You skipped that, right? That's I mean, right. you yeah. went right to what are we going to do about it? And what did you find? Well, uh, what we found is uh, there's a, a sizable amount of the, of the public uh, believes that, that parents need to teach their their 
own opinions, uh, regardless what they, what the school does. Uh, but there's also a significant amount of people who see this as kind of a call to action to either get their kids out of public school and uh, or or to uh, actively take over these school boards. So I found this I found this interesting um, because you look at Republicans and it was about 38 percent said if CRT is being taught in their child's school, they need to remove their children from school. That's that's almost 40 percent. Yeah, 38% is pretty high, and that's no kidding. I mean, it's a very strong number. But what I found interesting beyond that was 20% of liberals said the same thing and 22% of, uh, of independents. So you're looking, you know, 25 28% of all Americans, no matter what you vote for, about 25% of all Americans believe that you should take your child out of public school if it is being taught. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. Well, and when you add to it the number of people who say you fight it by taking over the school boards, now you start talking about a majority. And that's the key factor, is that either get your kids out of the school or take over the school boards, but the parents want a school that is accountable uh, to what they believe and that they either get that by picking the school, uh, whether it's uh, parochial or a private or, or, or charter school or homeschooling, or they get it by getting in, involved in controlling the school board elections. But parents won't say so and what's being taught to the children. So you did this um, in conjunction with Convention of, of States, which is an organization that I completely agree with. Um, having a new constitutional convention. Um, but this one shows that, um, let me just go through some of the numbers. 51% of American voters say parents opposed to critical race theory should take action. 27% of American voters say parents who oppose critical race theory should remove their children from public school if CRT becomes a part of children's curriculum. 24% say American voters and parents should, uh, who oppose critical race should run candidates and work to take control of the local school boards if CRP, uh, CRT becomes part of the children's curriculum. 29% say they should teach their views at home without interfering at school if CRT becomes a part of children's curriculum. That one I don't even understand in, in seeing that critical race theory teaches if you don't believe this stuff, you're an enemy to, you know, goodness and sunshine and uh, and candy, free candy for everybody. I mean, you're you're what are the what do the kids do? How would the kids even process that if they're being taught the exact opposite at home when the teacher is saying, if you don't buy into any of this, you're you're a hate monger. You're you're trouble. Well, I think this reflects a couple of things. One, you mentioned our success. One of our successes is based on the fact that, you know, we we are pretty good at at giving getting what people really think when they're very uh, hesitant to give their genuine opinion. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you, and, and what I saw and looking at other answers people gave who answered that, that, that group is a mix of people who are hesitant because they, you know, they... They don't want to express an opinion. A lot of those people oppose critical race theory, but a lot of them are conservative folks who oppose a lot of things, 
that are being taught in school, and they're used to teaching them something different at home. But some of them just don't want to verbalize their opinion. I mean, it, we, we see this in, in every single survey, and that's, that's one of the things we've specialized is kind of getting to. Um, what, what this survey tells me is there's a very small percentage of people who actually are in favor of it, and that's why we figure, we do want to run the traditional if you're mm-hmm. opposed or in favor of it poll because frankly people are very hesitant to give you a straight answer there. Uh, but I would tell you of that 29 percent, you're probably looking at 10 or 15 who oppose it, but but are used to opposing a lot of things taught in secular public schools right. and, and just already teach their kids that, that, that you know worry about the the math and science, but uh, let us let us teach everything. So else. what does that tell us about? the commitment uh, and the fervor, if you will, of of this being different, of of parents saying, you know, I've I've taken it for a long time, but no more. Does it does that show a weakening of the will? I think it's a, I mean, I think it's strengthening one because it, school board elections, especially in states that and districts that do not have them during the regular election cycle are notoriously low attendance elections. And I don't think there are going to be any low attendance school board elections in the near future. Mm. Uh, this has awakened people uh, on on a lot of uh, fronts. We hear movements about trying to get school board elections moved onto the regular ballot. We hear people talk about making school board elections partisan, so that they'll they'll be and they'll face the same voters the same day and be held accountable within a party structure. But uh, I mean, to me, this 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 says. Parents that have choices and can afford choices are going to use them, and there's a sizable amount who are going to impact those school board elections. And for the 24% who say go win the school board elections, uh, I believe there's probably a working majority if those people are active to vote, but to vote based on a more traditional candidate. I mean, we we saw to me this all started last summer. And, and, and this is something we encapsulated and we talked about was as much as people are troubled by the violence and the statues being torn down and everything, mm-hmm. what we keep getting from people was what bothered them more was that it didn't seem to bother their children. We kept getting that people telling us that, that all this stuff and you know, people trying to tear down Andrew Jackson's stat- statue in front of the, of the White House, it, it didn't seem to bother their kids. And, and, you know, with COVID, people are see, seeing what their kids are hearing. And there's just all of a sudden this rebellion. I mean, rebellion in that we can't just leave this up to uh, the government. Right. You know, the same government that, that people don't trust is, is, is teaching your kids. Robert, one of the things you've done really well with your polling and you've made people aware of is that people don't answer polls honestly. They don't always say what they what they really think. Is that effect getting worse? I mean, I know it goes back to the people refer back to the 80s, the Bradley effect uh, in Los Angeles. Is this something that people are really changing the way that they answer polls? And is that effect getting more pronounced? Yes. Uh, and just simply, you know, I, I grew up in South Carolina and I always remember we were in the media market from North Carolina hearing that whatever Jesse Helms numbers are, if he's only down before, he's going to win. I mean, so, you know, we always call it the Helms factor. It was the bad effect for the California race. But that, that had a, had a very specific tone to it about very specific things. People not want to be judged or racist. But since then, um, with Trump, 
we saw the effect in 16. But by 2020, with cancel culture and people being docked and you know people being attacked, it, it has gone underwater. The first thing is it is very hard to get people who are conservatives to participate in a poll to begin with. It is one of the fundamental reasons so many got it wrong in 2020. They were undersampling Republicans because they were hard to get to participate in the polls to begin with. Then the Republicans who were willing to participate in polls, more willing, tended to be the very small sliver of never-Trump Republicans. So they're weighting up their Republican participation to meet their goals, and then they're overblowing mm. the never-Trump Republicans, and so no wonder their polls are so far off. You had to start by saying, hey, I've got to get the people I have to get. Weighting is one of the things that is a biggest problem in polling because people get a small sample of the group, and maybe they needed 30%, and they only got 22. Well, they weighted up. Well, if you're going to weight it up, you better you better have it on the um, you better nail it because if you you're, you could be distorting uh, a flawed sample to begin with. So, so we always shoot for not having to do very much weighting in the end because we want to get it right the first time. So what is the difference between you and them? Why do they just keep failing? I mean, they're they're now going through and they they can't figure out why all their polls were wrong, and you were right. What what is are they intentionally doing this? Are they just Miss Guy, what what was happening there? Well, that's that's a very good question. We we, we say uh, sometimes that you know you first have to figure out whether their goal is to reflect the election or their goal is to affect the election. Mm. And I, I think that there's there's an even division on that. But the other problem is is these ridiculous sh- short, I mean, long surveys and small samples. I mean, do you know somebody who's got time to answer thirty five yeah. questions on a Tuesday yeah. night? Yeah. And then they're going to call those people, and they're only going to call 600, 700, say it represents an entire state. Their margin of error is going to be through the roof. And, and then what you get is people who care too much about issues. The kind of person who will answer 35 questions on a Tuesday night cares too much about politics on the left or the right. Mm. Or God forbid they're just bored. You have got to get to average working people. We believe in quick surveys that are less than nine uh, questions and less than three minutes to take. Yeah. And so get it in and give out, because if I don't represent people who think about politics rarely, I'm not going to get the mainstream of American thought. Hey, Robert, we have only like one more minute. Quick question though for you. I hear from Republicans, conservatives all the time that say, almost as a point of pride, I won't take a, po- I won't take a poll. I won't participate in them because I hate these pollsters. They get everything wrong. And that's an understandable sentiment. On the other hand, though, that's allowing these polls, not necessarily yours, because yours are doing it, going about it a different way, but these polls that often shape the media narrative are being utilized against all of these candidates mm-hmm. because these Republicans are not participating as often. Should conservatives participate more often in these polls? I think conservatives should listen to the name of the company. They want to go check it out, just like they do with us. They tell us all the time they Google our name, see that we're a fair pollster. I think conservatives should only answer polls that come from us. <laughs> that's a good policy. I like it. <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that is a refreshingly honest answer. Uh, Robert Kahaley, thank you so much. He's the chief pollster of the Trafalgar Group. Uh, they are the the gold standard now of polls. The Trafalgar Group dot org. Uh, you can follow Robert at Robert Kahaley. Um, Robert, thank you for breaking the story with us, and thank you for all the work you're doing. Appreciate it. 
All right, GenuCell is knocking it out of the park this summer. For the first time ever, you can get 50% off your first online GenuCell order today. During their summer blowout sale, get 50% off packages, including GenuCell for under-eye bags and puffiness and GenuCell's eyelid lift. Order now and you can get GenuCell's customer favorite, the Vitamin C Deep Firming Serum, free at checkout. It's time for you to see your skin go smooth as silk and free from redness and dark marks right before your eyes. Uh, here's what Mary from Reno, Nevada had to say about her experience. She said, I've been using GenuCell for a while now. It's perfect for my sensitive skin. These products hydrate and bathe my skin completely, and now I'm blemish-free, so much so that I don't even need any face makeup anymore. I look at pictures of myself 15 years ago, and there's barely any change. Get 50% off today, online orders only, if you go to GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. you got to enter the code BEC30 at checkout for an extra 30 bucks off. Results guaranteed, or you get 100% of your money back, so there's nothing to risk here. Don't wait. Call them now, 800-577-8709, or go to GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. Coming up uh, after the uh, news at the top of the hour, we're going to go into the lies, the, the misleading facts, the things that the Biden administration said they've got to stop by partnering with social media. Um, It's an interesting thing because a lot of what has caused this situation has been the lies and the misleading statements uh, and the fabrication of stories by the mainstream media that the White House wants to ignore. This is the Glenn Beck Program.